Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. Yeah, say good morning. That was, that was Rudy in Las Vegas, which is a lot warmer than we have here in Boston. It's about 27 degrees. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Upbeat. Rudy Garino, Tom Hayes, Billy Porter will be joining us in a little bit. So how warm have you got it out there in Las Vegas, Rudy? Well, it's supposed to be about 55. Well, I'll take Uh, it over 27. Huh? I'll take it over 27, buddy. Yeah, it's 57 for the high, 40 for the low. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I got a little head cold. Yeah, I got one too. I'm just kind of, hopefully it's going away a little bit. But, uh, hey, it's wintertime, right? Have we got that Miss Griffith uh, Sugar Shack tape? Uh, Which tape? The Miss what? The one that, that, the version of the Sugar Shack, uh, you said you got Oh, yeah, you want the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. That's right. Okay, let's, let's start let's this right. Let's open the Sugar Shack.
we deliver. You request. Thomas, is that wild? It looks like an over three minute record. It's you three minutes and thirty three minutes three minutes and thirty seconds. Is that right? Right. I look like a it's unbelievable. She just keeps repeating almost the sugar shack, sugar shack, sugar shack. She don't let you forget it. <laughs> and why should she? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good song. Oh, by the way, just in case we have any live listeners, and we hope you call in, our number is 646-929-2451. With Rudy Garino and Tom Hayes, and what an exciting show last week with uh, Skippy White, huh? Right, right, right. That guy, no, no, that was... have... he should have been a... Well, he was a disc jockey, right? Yeah, he still is. He still has a couple of shows. And I thought he just had the record company. No, 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 I know. I was shocked. He was on WYLD. Did you ever advertise on WYLD? I... You know, I can't remember. I, if I did, I would advertise on there. I used to advertise in the newspapers. But, right. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. I think I was on there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You uh, you really didn't didn't have to, did you? I didn't hear that. What? I, you really didn't have to advertise. Oh, okay. you're right. You're right. Well, uh, if I did, uh, I would advertise on uh, Wild, uh, W-I-L-D, because that was a popular black station. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, well, you we know, go ahead. Have we got anything lined up with the Cool of the Gang for Saturday? We can't find no. anything on our end. No, I know. I'm going to, uh, George just got back from... Uh, Dominican Republic, and he said he was going to make some calls today. In fact, maybe he'll call in to the, to the show. Um, in fact, I'll call him in a little while to see if I can get him. But uh, he said well, he was going to make some If they open Saturday, they should be there the day before since it's a hotel, you know, that's going to provide them rooms and all that. So they should be there Friday, tomorrow. So you I'm know, that's, try calling, that's, I'm going to try calling them tomorrow. Suzanne and I are going to try and call them. And uh, I guess if you maybe Josh could try and call them too. Uh, you you guys see whoever reaches them, you know? Yeah, that's right. We can just call the individual names and see if they'll put us through to the rooms. Right. 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 And, and I'm. If, if you do it, you know, just say you're doing a documentary on the Sugar Shack. You want to speak to one of the the representative uh, who's representing the group or something. When they hear the Sugar Shack, then they, you know, they'll respond. Right, right. Exactly. Well, Judge Clinton, he's not no, making he... any calls. Judge Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> he's not yeah, making right. any calls. I says, well, Timmy will take this one. Sugar Shack, Rudy Garrido. You, he'll take. He said. <laughs> That's right, exactly. They don't know the power of the Sugar Shack, and uh, Rudy Garrido gets, opens all kinds of doors. Amazing. And, yeah. oh, that was so funny, the way he said it. You know, you know I pissed my pants laughing. And the guy, <laughs> and he's, Remember you. 
with some guy. He said, he probably won't remember you. That's yeah. why I was so well, last okay. week we had a nice listenership. We had uh, 27 people listen to the show last week. Beautiful, beautiful. We yeah, got like some of the shack audience and what's left of them. Yeah, well, you know, we, uh, we're we busy people here, so we uh, we got so many irons in the fire. George was away. I was working on a couple of things. Uh, but, in fact, Billy Porter and I, when he calls in here, uh, are going to get together tomorrow to work on the play. We're going to be writing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did uh, did anything happen from? Uh, we hear any word from Natalie Cole's funeral? No, the uh, uh, Eddie never called back, so I guess he couldn't get him get them on. Well, I tell you, you know, you it's hard to communicate with these stars once you. Once they're off the, uh, once they're out of your club or they're out of your wherever you are, you know. Yeah, they're but, busy uh, people. So. Right. Yeah, they. Uh, hey. Yeah, hey, hey, Rudy, we got to give twenty-two seconds to our friends in Argentina, where it's summer right now. Uh, let's Hi, do Thomas. that. We are Ivan, Guido, Matias, of Guilotano from Argentina. It's all over the state. The casinos all over the state have a machine. 
It goes as high as it's $37 million one time a woman hit it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it goes up that high. I think that was the highest it ever hit. But right now it's up to $12 million. I'll wait till You're it goes not- up to about 15 and then start pumping some money so we can... Uh, Maybe they'll see me in a wheelchair and they'll say, oh, let's give this guy a little gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. There you go. Oh, man. How you doing, Tom? What's going on? Oh, so much, so much. Busy, busy, busy all the time. We had about 27 listeners last week uh, with Skippy. And, yeah, that was uh, fun, man. I wish I could have really fun. That was a fun show. I was like, wow. Yeah. And, uh, well, listen, we were just talking about Natalie Cole. Why don't we play a little tribute to, to Natalie? Here we go. Yeah. Sixty-five young, huh? 
Amazing. Oh. And I'm looking at a picture of her right now. Boy, she was, uh, so, you know, she transforms into just a sweet-looking, wonderful oh, right? woman. Talented, yeah. beautiful, getting to the weather and back. I mean, what, really? It was sad. What a tragedy. But she lived a great life, I think, and, you know, mixed in with all the other I had breakfast with her father almost for a couple of weeks. Yeah, wonderful. Now, she um, recorded that in 1975. Now, was she still, how many times, did she ever come back to the shack after you gave her the break? No. She went to the shack to the Swinger Club in Miami. She opened there, too. We gave her two dates, one here and one there. Then she became a superstar. Wow. Yeah, you know, she didn't do many. She After she co- connected with that jazz and her father stuff, she kind of went that direction rather than the soul and the disco, you know? Uh, so it was like, she, who really got, like, the credit? Like, Rudy really never got any credit for opening, like, a major, major door or two for her back in the day when she was young. I mean, she performed at the Sugar Shack and then the Swingers and then went on to start and, like, Rudy, did you ever get any credit for that? I mean, you should have got, like, a Grammy for that. Really? You know? No, just, uh, well, it's a credit to the club to start there. The club wow. name, you got to start there. That's a credit. Wow. This just goes to show you there's so many people in the business behind the scenes that do so much for major artists that become famous and you never hear about them and this is a story right here, you know, like what Rudy's saying, you know, he pretty much, you know, gave her her start, and we, who knew that, <laughs> you know? Amazing, amazing story, Rudy, but we applaud you for that, that's for sure, you know? Yeah, it's, um, you know, so she didn't have much of a, what kind of songs was she singing at the time? Oh, I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. she probably just covered a lot of stuff for us. But she did a nice show because uh, she did business. People, yeah. people get to see her, and uh, you know sometimes that opening night crowd is the critics. If yeah, they like true. you. The word spreads up and down. All the Sugar Shack fans and the the phones are ringing, and oh, we got to go catch Stanley. We got to go get do this, you know. Wow, right. amazing. Right. Hey, Rudy, I'm trying to find. Uh, the the town that your uh, parents came from, uh, I'm trying to look it up here and and on Google. Did you say it was Fonina or Fontina or what? Oh, it's spelled F O R I N O. Fonina. Oh, what was the uh, what was the third letter? F O what R? Farina? Farino? Yes. F like in Frank, zero like in OJ, R like in uh, okay, Rudy, okay, I, and then N O. All right, here we go. Here we go. Forino, Italy. Now we're talking. Let's go. Get it rolling over there. There we go. Forina is a town and commune in the province of Avellino, Campania, Italy. And I've been to Avellino, and uh, I'm going to see if I can blow this map up to get an idea of uh, 
of where whereabouts this whole thing is. But boy, okay, so listen, Rudy, what we find more and more when we look at these great documentaries, we're finding that the great documentaries have that story of the founders, like when we talk about Muscle Shoals, it's, uh, it really got in and profiled uh, Rick Harris, and the same with, uh, what's that club, uh, CGBG? Uh, it, it, it really profiled the owners. So yeah, we got to get, yeah, get, we gotta get, get uh, I call yeah, it. Yeah, GCB. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, so we got to find some more about, Rudy Garino here, you know, and you can, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so Billy, you shoot away, ask a couple of questions, because you got to fill in this play, buddy, right? I know, dude, I, I, you know, I'm trying to, yeah, there's like, there's so much, I, I mean, I learn more and more about Rudy every week, I listen and listen to you know, the stories and the characters, and I just, I'm always trying to figure out, like, how, how did you get there? How did you end up with the Sugar Shack? Like, what brought you to the front door and said, I'm going to turn this place into one of the, the best soul clubs in, 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 on the planet? Like, pretty much. Like, how, what, how did you get there? What made you open up that? Like, how did you get there? Well, I think, I think it's kind of, we've that. covered that mostly because we go back to uh, um, uh, Jerry Vale and you're traveling and then, of course, going to, to uh, Florida yeah, yeah, like, and then seeing uh, Wayne Cochran and then finding out what kind of music it was and then his partners. So we got that part. I want to go back further. I want to... Yeah, uh, the real estate. How did you get the club, the space? Oh, how did you get How did you get the sugar shack? How did you... You walk in, you get a lease. Like, how did you go in and say, this is the spot. I'm making this the place, the sugar shack. That's where I'm trying to get at. I know all the other... But you walk in, you open this club, but we all start with the, you know... Uh, the square footage. <laughs> How did you get the sugar shack? Like, that's what I'm trying oh, to figure out. We got this guy that had uh, that had uh, the name Sugar Shack from the song, and he wanted to open a dating bar. A dating and, bar. Uh, oh, okay, Jerry, yeah, right, right. Jerry Buffeo brought him to me. We were in Ken's restaurant, and uh, I said, "Let me go along and see the place." I said, I'm interested in a nightclub. Right. And so I went, we went along. I think I told you the story before, and I'll tell we mentioned it before. And uh, when we got there, there was a couple of other friends of mine that wanted to invest. And, and before you know it, it would turned out to be three partners with 14000 each. And the guy that had the name and the place, he found the location. He didn't have a dime, and he wanted to do a dating bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. And Jerry said, would you say, what, a dating bar? What are you fucking nuts? We're going to turn this into the best soul club on the planet. Dating bar. What's that? <laughs> well, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't turn out like that. It, it turned out that we uh, we went along with it. Uh, I proposed Wayne Cochran, and uh, they went along with it. Then, uh, right, right. I suggested Wilson Pickett because he was hot with a hit record. Right. So, what were you doing before that, Rudy? Like before you did the Sugar Shack, what were you like? Were you a, a manager, or another, did you own other clubs or, or restaurants or lounges before that, or were you in the music business? How did you? 
What made you want to open the club? I was a gambler. A gambler. Uh-huh. There you go. I'm a gambling man. Lacey, look at that, see? There you go, Listen, see, now we're finding out a little bit. Hey, before we get well, going, I'm looking at the uh, Farino, uh, and uh, get this, genealogy in Farino. And it says, it says right here, here we go, here we go, the, uh, you could be, that the, some of the most common surnames in Avellino province are Albanese, Bruno, Capacabianco, Capone, <laughs> Capone, <laughs> Carboni, uh-huh. Adenal, Russo. Sounds like an interesting cast of characters. Wait a minute, we're getting there. Siafi, Cipriano, Cellucci, Coppola, Cucciniello, De Feo, De Luca, De Maio, De Stefano, De Vito, De Pietro, Esposito. Famigliete, Ferraro, Festa, Fiore, Forgione, Gallo, Grasso, Graziano, Guarino. 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 Right in the middle of all those names. There you go, baby. Now, get this, Rudy. We can write these people, and they can give us information about your particular family. Yeah. You know something, yeah, so, uh, uh, Jerry Maffeo's mother's maiden name was Guarino, too. Wow. Wow. So we're like a distant cousin. Wow. Wow. Who, 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 who is, who is, I Jerry. missed that. Who is uh, Jerry's who? Jerry Maffeo's mother. Was also a Guarino? Yes. Her maiden name was a, was Guarino. Was, that, wow. was she like a sister to your mother or something? Or? No, no. Well, we mother? were probably distant cousins. We probably oh, were distant sisters. cousins. Okay. Okay. Wow. wow All right. Let's, cool. Yeah, let's, I so I looked at your name here. And we're going to do a search. Hey, we got a couple of... You got a, <laughs> you got some Garinos over there in the town. We have a Sleonice. Leonici Gorino, and uh, let's see here. We got even got telephone numbers. We got telephone numbers. Nadia Gorino and Pasquale Gorino and Raffaele Gorino. And you think uh, that uh, any of those people are related to you? I don't know. I don't have a history, but I know uh, I had my father's brother. He was an interpreter on the railroad, and he sent for my father. And he had a big family. He had about ten kids. Wow. Seven or eight, at least, that I can remember. And my, wow. mother, my mother's maiden name was Falcone. Any Falcones out there? Okay, let yeah. me check. Let me go back here. Let's see here. Let's see. Genealogy. Genealogy. Uh, okay, here we go. Falcone, F-A-L? F-A-L-C-O-N-E. F-A-L-C-O-N-E. No, I don't see that. I see Fiat, Ferraro, Festa, Fiore, Fortune. I'm going to put the name in here, uh, Falcone. Let's see if we get... 
what we got here. Uh, this is fun. Let's see what we get. Uh, Falcone. Let's see. Surname. We're going to do a little search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a, a Antonio Falcone and a Vittorio Falcone. Yeah, someday when we make all this money, we're going all going back to <laughs> Marino. Why not? We got that. That's going to be the sequel. You know, Godfather One, Godfather Two. <laughs> we'll do Godfather Six. <laughs> All right. So uh, now, but your, your first business was the pool hall. Well, other than you've going around collecting, you know, the containers for all the fruit and selling them for twenty-five cents a piece. So you open up the pool hall. That must have been an. Int- How long did you own the pool hall? Oh, I have to say, uh, maybe about three years, I think. Oh, you know what happened? We we were we were sailing along beautiful there until the Journal Revenue came one year, and they had a tax of. Twenty dollars on each table, and uh, huh. they find us. We were in a stoop, like under the the building there on Prince Street, and uh, all of a sudden they wanted to hit me with a tax: twenty dollars for day, eighty dollars. In those days, wow. eighty dollars. You could buy the whole joint for eighty dollars. I told the this guy, you know. So. I just I'm thinking of closing anyway, so I closed up. And he told me, he says, Listen, I never forget it. He says, Put an ad in the paper, you'll sell these tables like nothing. I says, How come? He says, The American public always buys something. He said so I put an ad in the paper and I sold them I think for I don't know, a hundred dollars a hundred something. I gave him his eighty dollars or something and uh that was it. Uh, wow. I think years. Wow, you was so then you went into the gambling one. business, and wink, wink. Day one. Wink, wink. So you went straight from pool hall to gambling business. Yes, I was an okay. expert gambler. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. the way we're going to tell us. So now, how old were you when you started the show for for uh, for uh, uh, Angelo? Oh, when I oh when I was at the pool room. Oh, okay. His brother came down. His brother came down. He says, "Come on, you got to do. You got to drive my brother somewhere." So before you know it, I used to drive him around for I don't know how long. And uh, he was an amazing guy, a funny guy, though, Jerry. One day, wow. uh, one day he caught me in a restaurant, and uh, he told the people with him, with him that he said, see this guy? He's got a lot of balls. <laughs> you know the way Jerry used to talk like that. He said, yeah, yeah. he said, yeah. he said oh, to man. the best, that he says. And you know why? He comes from my corner. 
Uh, I don't remember that night, but uh, all I remember was uh, Tori Zito kicking his ass with that blue wow. uh, And then uh, I think I was offered uh, by the manager that would just tighten up the chain. I think uh, I think it was 59, if I'm correct. I'm on 59. It was tightened up the chain of Burger King. Uh, and uh, in Miami, and I says, I'm not in the hot dog, uh, the hamburger business. <laughs> what am I saying, guy then? So we decided uh, to take the car with us, I think, and uh, Jerry's car. So I says, listen, I'll drive, and I'll meet you out there in Vegas. I want to go on Route 66 at that time. Everything was Route 66. 66 I had the time, yeah. of, I had the time of my life on Route 66. Wow, that's awesome. That's How cool. old were you? How old were you then? Uh-huh. How old were you then? I think it was 59, so I must. Uh, I was born in 29. What's that? Yeah, 30. 30, uh, 30, 30 years, years old. 30 yeah. years yeah. old. The, the dirty 30. <laughs> I was 30 years old, and then we went to, uh, from Vegas, that's where I met uh, Nat King Cole, because we he was working at the Sands. He stood there for 17 weeks. He went there for two weeks. He stood 17 weeks. Wow. wow. Then so, we but you weren't, you weren't booking the Sands, then you were just hanging out, and you had breakfast with them? With who, Nat and Cole? Yeah. So oh, what happened is I went to, I was having breakfast there, and uh, uh, as I walked in, it was this carpet Monica who used to be uh, Joey Bishop's sidekick on the Joey Bishop show. Yep. Carpet Monica. Yep. You remember the Joey Bishop show? Yep. On television? Yep. Anyway, uh, I was friendly with him, and he called me over and introduced me to Nat King Cole. He was having breakfast with me. Wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Listen to this story. So this is is long before you, the Sahara. Huh? This is long before you booked the Sahara, correct? Right, right, right. I booked the Sahara in '83. Well, so wait yeah, a minute. I'm well, finding something so out here. So you're just a, like a guy hanging out, and Nat King Cole decides he wants to have breakfast with you for a couple of days. <laughs> well, 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 I used to go in. If he was there, he'd invite me over. If I was there, I'd invite him over, whoever was there. You know, we didn't have plans. Whoever popped wow. in, we would invite that each is, other over. That is so, so, so cool. Also, I was friendly, uh, not friendly, I don't even know if you remember me, but Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis, he was a wild son of a gun when he was young. <laughs> he walked, yeah. He was See, all over the stand, who, with his, uh, I think he had a Jaguar. He used to drive all over the pool at uh, the sand. It was unreal. Oh, he's <laughs> That's awesome. And you were right so in the middle of it all. So did you uh, get to meet uh, Jerry Lewis? Yeah, I met Sinatra, but, uh, you know, at the table. You know, hi, this is Rudy Green, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, I met. But, you know, not the whole Hawaiian goodbye, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. experiences, though. 
Great, great experiences. I've got Frank Sinatra. They used to, when we were playing blackjack, they used to come to the table and blow the card, the whole card that the dealer used to have. They used to blow it over. They used to go, oh, okay. So we know what the whole card was, and we, we'd be able to beat the dealer, you know. He used to give us like. So Vegas Vegas was a completely different place at that time. Fun place, it sounds like. You could get that close to the stars. I never wanted to go home. My office called and says, no more money. No more money. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm coming home. I'll tell you another funny story, you know. Uh, We were... I had a friend of mine that uh, came out here in 56. He was the bellman at the Lincolnshire Hotel. Do you remember the Lincolnshire Hotel? I know what I've heard of it. Go ahead. It used to be near, uh, uh, what's that street that runs through uh, Beacon Hill and... uh, at the corner of Beacon Hill, there's a common oh, there. Oh, Ch- Charles Street? Tremont Charles. Street. Yeah, Charles. Yep. Beacon and Charles. Right there yep. at the corner, you see the Lincolnshire Hotel. Okay. Yeah, he was he was the bellman, uh, the head bellman. So he got a job offer to go to work out here in 56 at wow. the Showboat wow. Hotel. Wow. So he took me and he told me, come on out and see me. So that's why I went when Jerry said he was going to uh, Vegas. I think I took two minutes once and I go there and have some fun and see my old friends, you know? Wow, smart move, man. Good business move. Well, listen <laughs> to this story. In those days, the city was wide open. So Jerry and I, he was sending us girls like we were going out of style. It was unreal. You know, the parties just didn't stop, you know. And then one day I told Jerry, I said, Jerry, let's go get a steam bottle or a massage or something. He says, it's a good idea. So we looked up steam bottle. The hotels didn't have any of that stuff. In there. They were motels. So we find one and we go there. We go there, and uh, when we're there, the girl comes up to us and says, uh, have you got a hotel key? I says, yeah, why? Oh, relax. So we show her our key, and then they they come in, and they start wanting to take care of us. I says, hey, listen, we didn't come fast. We just I said, $500. What are you doing, crazy? Yeah. 
you put it on the top. If you bet the deuces, you put it on the bottom. Oh. So he had a get the money. Wow. Okay, so then, oh, okay, so then somebody would roll a dice and, uh. Yeah, somebody rolls the dice, and if a seven comes out, uh, no, they got to get a point. The seven, they win, but if you get a point, and then after the seven, then they lose. Wow. And now, so, uh, so, so did you, were you doing this, did you have a system? That's what I'm driving at. Did you have a system? Yeah, we, we were like, uh, the, we booked the game. We were one of them. There used to be about four or five guys to sit down at the game. And we would take all the bets from the the people that wanted to bet the game. So that was, and the house always wins eventually, right? <laughs> well, we had to pay the house, the, the good fellas, 10% of what we won. Ah. So now did you once you got good at that, did you, you know, start uh taking some bets on like games or uh, or anything else? Yeah. yeah, then we start taking bets on uh, football and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what I think what the title of this is Evidence of a Misspent Youth. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I just went up to high school. That was in okay, the North yeah, End. The Michelangelo School in the North End. Yeah, wow. that was right across. I went to high school there. I went. I went to Christopher Columbus. It was right there with the Michelangelo. I went there. I remember. The, I remember when they got Angelo when they come out. They were getting out of school. It was 1980 or 81, I believe. And he turned around. And he said, "I'll be out before my pork chops get cold." <laughs> yeah, baby. How well? When did the Michelangelo close? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, so what about the grammar school? Where'd you go? Was it one school all the, all the way through high school? Uh, no, I forgot the grammar school. There was a grammar in the lot then. We went there too. I forgot. Yeah, right. it was a grammar school. It was right there with us, next to the Columbus. You went from you went to the Michelangelo Grammar School, and then um, right there was Christopher Columbus. It was a it was half boys, half girls, and they integrated. It made it like co-ed. It was um, but I went to Christopher Columbus. It was right there, right by the Michelangelo, right there, same same territory. Interesting. So, I think there was a all those years. A church, uh, St. Leonard's, uh, St. Leonard's Church. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. The, I don't know the grammar school church, but I graduated. The, school, yeah. Wow! I'm you guys got a lot of great stories, great history in that area. Cool, cool listener. What a what a great place to grow up, especially about the food and uh, the, the neighborhood. Right. I mean, the food was unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Still is. It still is. It still is unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it wasn't as popular to the outsiders as it was to the neighborhood in those days. The oh, pizza, I know. The, the pizza Regina is it still there. Oh yeah, it's still yeah. still a legend. <laughs> that was a legend, a Nicholas slice, <laughs> a quarter yeah. for a whole. Wow. Yeah, no, no. Well, see, my grandmother used to make us go to the haymarket. She was uh, Giancola, Albina Giancola, Pasqua Rosa. Oh, that's good. That's Yeah, and we had to go with her every Saturday and shop at the uh, haymarket. We hated it. She would have to carry her bags. (laughs) We'd take the train from Dudley. And go in there, and uh, then my father, thank God we got enough food. My father would come with the car and pick us up. Yeah. But I well, used to ride my bicycle from uh, from Roxbury right in and around Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving. If uh, the streets were okay, I'd drive my bicycle in and go. There was a cheese factory somewhere on Commercial or somewhere, and I'd go in there and buy all of the regatta and the scamazza and uh, uh, all, uh, all of the cheeses for the lasagna. The mozzarella. Man, the mozzarella, too. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. and uh, Well, one thing about Prince Street, uh, we had everything right downstairs. We had a meat, a meat market under my building, yep. uh, grocery stores, tailor shops, everything on the streets. It was unreal. Oh, I know. It was the real deal. It was like those movies you see of New York. Yeah, you don't have to go nowhere. Everything was at the, right down below. 
You know, I always got a kick out of getting on Salem Street, and you'd see the lamb and the rabbits, all of that in the yeah. windows. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Dipple Street was another fruit store and everything. Yeah, it's changed a lot now, though. It's changed a lot. It's, you know, it's regentification. It's, everything is upgrading, and you got a lot of investors coming in, and it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's still beautiful. The North End's going to be always a great place to be. But it's so, Rudy, how many brothers and sisters did you have? One brother and two sisters. And no, uh, one brother passed away. Uh, Sticker, right? And, uh, uh, he passed. Wait a minute. Let me see. How am I? I had a I had a brother called Rodolfo. And he passed away with a romantic fever. And uh, he uh, he was born in 1923, passed away in 1926. Wow. Wow. And then I was born, I was born in 1929, and uh, they gave me the same name, Rodolfo. Of course, then you got smothered with love because they lost your brother, right? Right. So I had one brother called Hugo. I think my father must have been German or something because Rudolfo was German, Hugo was German, Ava is German, and Fraulein is German. <laughs> That's wow. my two sisters, Ava and, and Florence. Wow. Wow. So okay, that. so you're, are you the only surviving one now? No, my sister, my young sister is still hanging on. In fact, I gave her a call this morning to see how she was. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. I wonder if she'd let us talk to her. Uh, Well, I don't think she uh, remembers much. She, she got married and moved to Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay, so what was, tell us growing up, what were some of the favorite things you you loved about the North End, about growing up? Everything, everything, everything. It was, in fact, I got a guy here that steals an Arizona child. He's, he's from uh, New Jersey, Patterson. And we talk about the old days. It's almost similar to the North End and uh, his, uh, living in, uh, New, in New Jersey there. Of course. The yeah, the whole Northeast. The nice places to go and eat, and everybody was friendly, and every, there was never no eruptions. Although I had one major eruption, I can't mention it. But, uh, <laughs> Come on, man. Tell us what's up. <laughs> I had one big one, and that was it. And uh, now you... Uh, of other times, but uh, are you ready? So, Mike? okay, so now this is good. See, this is what we need for this. Now, so Angelo tells everybody this guy's got balls. Do you think that oh, you were? Yeah. My, friend, my friend Jerry Angelo. <laughs> he, was, he was a funny guy, though. Now, when, when you show for it, you always see these movies where, you know, the the, the, the as you call them, the good fellas. They have a chauffeur for certain things, but if they're going to do other things, 
they'd leave that chauffeur out so he doesn't get in trouble. Were you that kind of chauffeur, or did you get to do everything? Uh, I already know the answer by the fact that you're... I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it might incriminate me. (laughs) Oh, no, shit. (laughs) So it sounds like you got to do all of the rides. You know... You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I can tell you this story. One time we went, uh, uh, I was just palling around with his brother, and I took a ride with his brother. And uh, he had, uh, he picked up some slips, and he put them right between his belt. I said, what are you doing that for? He says, well, that's a nice place to hide the stuff, you know. So anyways, as we're going along, we get stopped by the police. And they're searching us. And they, they don't find the thing. The slips right in between the belts. It was so funny that they were so mad, the police and us, because they didn't, they didn't find nothing in the car. They saw the car. I love it. They took us out of the station and they fingerprinted us. And I'm, uh, and I'm telling uh, Danny, go slow, go slow, you know, because uh, he was walking a little fast. Obviously, 
the FBI, we all know the story because it just came out in the Black Mass. The the South Boston guys were trying to get the North End guys. Did you ever get in the middle of that? Did they <laughs> they just leave you alone on that? What happened? Uh, well, I was very friendly with the, the number one that the, the, the right. guy you're talking about. He was half Irish, half Italian. Guy. Well, I didn't know he was half Italian. His mother was Italian. His father was Italian. His mother was Irish. Matarano. Really? That's funny. Oh, Matarano. Oh, yeah. Matarano, yeah. Oh, okay. The hitman. Hit He's got a book out, The Hitman. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, because yeah, he grew friendly. up in Roxbury, right? Oh, I don't know where he grew up. Yeah, I think so. So... So, okay, when all of that was going down and it was war between, you know, that gang and the North End gang, but you never, you never, the, the, you know, you were just, what, too busy with, the, that didn't happen in the club? I mean, were those guys over there on the same nights? Uh, well, that, that was some kind of a situation that's hard to explain with those guys. They had their own little gang and their own little uh their own little yeah. you know uh, and when they came into the club they just uh came to say hello we uh, says hello to each other we got to know each other and that's where that's where I met most of them Whitey and Stevie Fleming and uh Stevie used to love the place because I had one of his uh one of his guys working for me that I never even knew. I went, oh, I, you know, I did a dance years ago when we were kids when we went to South Boston. I think we did uh, Frankie Avalon at the wow. Bradford Hotel. I forgot about that. We did Frankie Avalon at the, and I went to the South End putting up posters. And this kid comes up to me and says, you need any help? I says, yeah, we don't even know the neighborhood. We are right here. He says, don't worry about anything. I'll take care of you. So wow. he helped us signs and everything. And I got friendly with him. And before you know it, he was like uh, one of our crew, you know, and uh, at the club. His name was Bobby Glenn, and he was half Irish and Syrian, I think. And uh, he was very close to Stevie Fleming. And one day, one day Stevie says to me, he says, you know, you got a good guy there. That guy will stand up to anybody. I says, oh, he says, Bobby. I said, oh, yeah, Bobby. I've been with Bobby for years. I says, since we were kids, you know. So uh, that's why there was little pieces that they... They respected. They respected Bobby Glenn through Stevie and Whitey, you know, that combination. Yeah. And the other combination with the. Uh, they, it's hard to explain. They had their own little thing going, you know. So, yeah. so even though you were from the North End and, and all of that, that, none of that came up between no. Southie and the North End and those guys and no, you. No, none of that came up at all. We used to, uh, 
They used to come in and uh, they had a way to get out the back door. We had like, you know, <laughs> we had the club. The club used to go all the way back to the cave. We had a little right. lounge in between that we used to rent to the advertising people. Yep. And they used to go out that door. The advertising people had their own little lounge there. Okay. VIP. And yeah, when so they wanted it, to it, go out the back, when they wanted to go out the back door, they would go out the back door and then right into the parking lot. There was a there was one of those uh, parking garages. Right, right, right. They get in their car and they're gone. Right. Wow. Now, did Jerry, did Jerry and Julo ever visit your club? No. Oh, okay. okay. I used to run into all the restaurants in the north end. Right, 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 right. Oh, my corner. He wanted me to do somebody a favor. At that time, I had a house on Commonwealth Ave. Uh... And then I never forget it. Two fifty eight Commonwealth Ave. What a what a mistake I made selling it. But uh, I'll tell you why I sold it. Uh, what happened was uh, this friend of Jerry's was a friend of mine, and uh, I had a, I just took over this house. I just bought this house on Commonwealth Ave, and uh, I don't know how he stood with me. To, he stood with me a few days, and Jerry told me to take care of him because he, when we needed him, he was with us. So I said, okay. Anyways, I'm taking care of him already. He's sleeping with me. Uh-huh. So, so that was that. And uh, what happened is after, after the Sugar Shack went, uh, I developed, uh, oh, I used to live in Florida in the winter. I couldn't take care of the the place in the winter. The the house was like a five apartment mini hotel. Sure. It was every year the girls we were next to the Junior Chamberlain Music Girl College. And right, every right. year the every year We'd rent. We had a. Uh, we'd rent to the girls. There was four girls to an apartment, two bedroom apartment. And wow. every year, they would leave, and the new crop used to come in. So it was somebody that had to take care of the property. So I used to do it in uh, in the in the summer. In the winter, my secretary and my brother used to help me, and. Uh, what happened is I developed ragweed in the summer. You know what ragweed is? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I used to get it. Terrible. Terrible. It was the worst thing I ever... I, I used to shit my pants. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes used to tear. My nose used to roar. I'd be sneezing. I'd be fucking... That's just what happened to me. So I go to a doctor, and the doctor tells me, you know, I says, is there any place I can go without this uh, bullshit with this hay fever? He says, yeah, Florida. Florida. Wow. 
He lived there in the winter. He just moved there in the summer. So I tried really? it out. I never felt so good in my life in wow. the summer. So I come back. I says, Let me, I paid eighty thousand for the house. A guy offered me a hundred and sixty, and I stupid like a jerk. I ended up selling it and got rid of everything in Boston and moved to Florida. That, that place would be worth five billion today. Five billion is probably worth ten. Unbelievable. Yeah. The apartments were going in 72 or 3 when I had it. The apartments were going for 600 a month. And then what happened is uh, Mayor White raised the, uh, the, uh, the excise tax or whatever you call it. I was winning $600 a month. And before you know when he raised the taxes, we were losing money. Yeah, wow. Yeah. He jumped real estate tax to almost two hundred or something assessment in it. So anyway, wow. there was one thing. So I said, Well, let me get the hell out of here. I'm never coming back here. The house needed maintenance and all that. Oh, because of the so fucking red weed. I love Boston in the summer. I, yeah. I had an appointment at the Tremor on the Common. Wow. You know where the tremor on the common is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of course. We used to overlook the common there. I had a, I had a first floor apartment right over the garage. Beautiful wow. balcony. <coughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, this is great stuff. This is now. Did you grow up? You no. Know, one of the names that came up. You know, in this whole process, was Chicholo? Was he a, a childhood friend, Chicholo? Yeah, Chicholo, Chicholo, yeah, Chicholo. Chicholo uh, used to. Chicholo was with all the the good fellas in the neighborhood. Uh huh. You know? Did you know him as a kid, or did you beat him like in your teen oh. years? No, when uh, I became popular, he became he became one of my friends. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's a good. That, that's that's excellent. Wow. Did you become? Obviously, you were popular before the club, right? Yeah, I was a little popular, and he came along, and he. We became friends, and uh, he was he him and I were with each other most of the years. That's great. Wow. Now, cool. now it, I'm putting the pieces together here. I mean, you know, I'm a city kid myself, and Billy's a city kid. I'm putting the pieces together. Now, <laughs> I lost my leg at 13, but I was still one of the toughest kids around because I just wouldn't take any shit. <laughs> and, if, and if I couldn't beat you up, I'd run you over with my car. <laughs> and uh you know so i you know i know about you and i know you had a disability and everybody knows it was polio how old were you when you got polio five wow wow oh man now with, with, did you get better did you get or did it just hit you and 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 that was it or what happened well, it hit me on my, 
it hit me four or five parts in my body, but I was able to get up. When I get up, I can walk for miles. It never interfered with my walking. I could walk and do everything everybody else did. It was, wow. it was unbelievable. So, I I'm lucky. So, go ahead. I couldn't run too fast, too much, but I could run, climb upstairs and everything. It was right. unbelievable. Well, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Right. You know, so we get tougher. So, you know, your toughness, the fact that he said you had balls, wasn't necessarily that we were, our bodies were tough. It was just our mental attitude. You, do you agree? Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> You had to, right. you had to, uh, you had to, you had to know who's who, and uh, who to respect, and uh, all that. And uh, I was one of the guys that had more sit downs than Carter's got liver pills. I had about three or four of them. What <laughs> you call them sit downs? Yeah. And a sit down is what? Help me well, out, you Billy. Go there, you go there and you discuss what happened the night before. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so you, you got respected. You got respected for being tough. Or be, or be, obviously, you know, when we talk to all the groups, it, it's it's just unbelievable. George and I will never get used to it how much they talk about loving you. They love you. I mean, it's not about, ah, we respect that Rudy's a great guy. No, they say, man, we went there because we loved Rudy. So you had that ability to connect with people, do you think? Wow, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to, uh, I I just loved uh, everything running right and no pushing crowds around and uh, no uh, abusing people. And one thing that the entertainers, uh, what I learned is they don't like to be heckled. You know, uh, because I own the club, I want to take you out to dinner. I want to show you around, show you off. Hey, come and meet this guy. Come and meet that guy. I didn't want to bother them because I know they got their own problems, you know, the entertainers. and Because uh, I found that out through... Jerry Vale and Buddy Greco and all that, you know, they get their own problems with the crowd. You know, when the crowd comes knocking on the door, they want yeah. pictures, they autographs and everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I used to tell them, listen, anything you need, just call me, just come to the office, anything you need, champagne is on the house, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but you must have... I mean, that just didn't happen when you got to the Sugar Shack. You must have been like that in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I always respected the uh, people. And, uh, in fact, one time they told me my girls were overcharging the drinks. In other words, if we sell them a drink for a dollar quarter, they were putting a quarter on for themselves without telling right. me. So I right. says... Uh, I thought it over. I says, "Oh, the hell with it. We're making money. Let them make a little more money." 
And I went along with it. Everybody thought I was crazy. I no, said, you, that's just genuine. You were sharing the route. Everybody very cool. said you'll have a better place. Because if the, if the help is happy and everybody's happy, you're going to have a healthy place. There you go. Exactly. Right, right, right. So you were, you know, do you consider yourself kind of a politician in the North End? I mean, that's one of the reasons that... <laughs> You know, you did well. I mean, you knew how to handle people. Yeah, I knew how to handle people. And uh, okay, I was a good, uh, I was a good uh, peacemaker. I knew how to handle. Uh, when I saw the problems at the door with the with some of the doormen we had. And uh, they would start bullying the crowd and everything. I say, hey, 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 you, you're out of here. You, you're out of here. And I hired girls to be the hostess. With right. Bobby Glenn, my main guy, was in charge there, you know. But I said, yeah, Bobby, I put those there. We don't need these guys looking to start trouble. Right. Exactly. Right. And so you were the same way. In the North End, I mean, all these guys are doing all kinds of stuff, and if any any uh, thing happened, you got, you know, you were able to smooth it out. Uh, no, with my own crew, with my own yeah. stuff, we uh, everybody had their own situation, you know. Yeah, how many guys yeah. did you have in your crew? Uh, we had about five or six. Yeah. You never had trouble. Never had trouble with the other crews. No. No. We went. So there was enough for everybody. We went when we went to Miami. Some of the good fellas says, "You know, what are you doing down there? (laughs) You're using my name." I says, "I ain't using nobody's name." I says, "There was a there was a club for rent. It was in the newspaper. We called up." They took our offer, and that's how we're there. We ain't, we ain't using anybody's name. It's how we're right. using their name. You know, um, some of the good folks are so out of touch with uh, the common business practices that they didn't right. realize. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it didn't all have to be done right. the uh, the other way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that claim the fame was strength. I never, I never forget one of the nicest guy, a good fellow. He says, "You know, you got a lot of strength down here." I says, "I don't need strength." I says, "I need some brains." He says, "What there do you, you mean?" Go. I says, "I'm tired of doing everything. I do the ads. I do the this. I do the negotiation. I buy the acts. I argue with the hotel. I, no. I, need, I need a rest. I need somebody with brains." Right. Wonderful. So now I have a question. I got a, I got a question. No, I'm saying if I stop remembering, I. Uh, all right, go ahead. What's the question? Okay, so. So I lost my leg, and then they told me I never ride a bicycle. But then I got on the bicycle, and then I started swimming. And then it's so you compensate. Now you told me you were like one of the best pool players. Yeah. In the North End. I beat, 
I beat the guy for the pool room. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, beat him. I beat him for a thousand dollars. He says, "Take the pool room. You want it?" I said, "Yeah, I'll take it." So for a thousand dollars, I took the pool room. I took a business wow. over. So, I mean, that's how you got the pool room. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I got the book. I beat him for it. Oh, that's beautiful. So and now, listen to this story. Go ahead. Listen to this story. This guy comes down. He says, Rudy, he says, you got any money? I says, yeah. I says, what do you want? He says, I got this bookmaker. He says, I can beat the shit out of him. He says, he's got a lot of money. He wants to, wants to play me pool. So I says, well, what do you need? He says, what do you got? I said, I got $15. He says, that's good enough. We'll start with that. The first game was $15. He went through the guy. We won $3,000. I ended up, you know what $3,000 was in those days? You wouldn't wow. believe it. I won $1,500 with a $15 investment. Now that that's the part that I have to understand because the polio affected your arm. Yeah, but I could pull the stick. I I used to put the stick on my uh, bad arm, uh, right on the my head. Oh, okay, okay. Get out of everybody! Wow. Well, that, that you know, now, I mean, coming from the same position myself, that must have even made <laughs> people wow. are looking at you, yeah. and they know that you got a bad arm, and they're thinking, I can beat the shit out of this guy. And then you turn around and beat the shit out of them. Right. Then, until I got a reputation in the pool room. I used to have a guy, I think his name was Popolo. He used to come every week with his paycheck and play me. And I used to beat him every week. <laughs> the one thing, oh, the poor guy. <laughs> that poor guy is right. I used to feel bad. I used to tell him, don't come down here no more. He says, fuck you. He grabbed the pool stick. He threw him the Imagine that his wife must have been waiting at the front door. Save your money, I told him. I said, yeah. <laughs> I never forget oh, that. Guy. And then one time, listen to this one. We're in the pool room. I'm just getting ready to close. Some guy comes running in. Hey, they just robbed a million dollars on Prince Street down the end of the down the end of the street. I said, a million dollars. Where the fuck is a million dollars on Prince Street? So we threw him. Get the fuck out of here. We told him. <laughs> That's funny. And then we go down to North Station for breakfast after we close the pool room. And where do we find out? Cops all over the street, Prince Street and everything. The Brinks robbery was just taking place. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They robbed the garage for $3 million. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Unbelievable. That's fucking amazing. Unbelievable. Well, what an exciting time again. to grow up in Boston. I don't know where I'm getting all these stories. I keep thinking and thinking of it. 
I don't want to tell you about my South Bend experience. I just thought of that one. I know, I'm a South Girl, though. We're all, you know, we're on the story. We all got more stories to talk about. We're in the South End. I'll tell you that some other time. Okay, next week, tell us the South End story. These are great things, Rudy, because this helps us build. This helps Billy with the play, and it helps us with the documentary. Okay, my friend. Hey, so much, Rudy. That was really fun. We, hey, Rudy, we just did an hour and a half show. Amazing. It was so cool listening to you guys. Amazing. Amazing. We got to stop playing more records to get the people <laughs> in. Yeah, play more records, Tom. Well, records. we will. In fact, uh, hey, yeah, let's do it. Hey, Tom, by the way, did you ever speak to the Tavares' manager? No, I was just looking for that card before I started the show. I couldn't find it, but I'm glad you said it because we're going to sign off with the Tavares song. Here we go. Hey, see you next week, Rudy. I like that.
I know I saw. I remember seeing them at the Somerset, and I think I saw them a few times at the Shack. Man, could those they, they must have made the place explode. Oh yeah. All right, Tommy boy. All right, that pleasure. was a great show, Rudy. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. It was a pleasure rapping with you and uh, Billy, you know, crazy fans. Billy. And Billy Porter, my love, and God bless. All right, thank you, buddy. Have a good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.